From the heart of our nation's capital, here's Family Research Council President Tony Perkins. Well, good evening. Happy Friday to you. Hope you've had a fantastic week. I'm Jody Heiss, a senior advisor to the president here at the Family Research Council. An honor to be filling in for Tony and joining you this Friday edition of the program. And extremely excited and honored to have you on board with us as well. Well, it has been an exceedingly busy week on Capitol Hill this week. But despite the chaos, President Biden gave a speech last night to criticize Senator Tommy Tuberville's stand for life. The Republican Party used to always support the military. But today, they're undermining the military. The senior senator from Alabama, who claims to support our troops, is now blocking more than 300 military operations with his extreme political agenda. Well, Congressman Matt Rosendale will join me to break down this week in Washington and why Coach Tuberville has so angered the left. Also in his speech last night, President Biden claimed that it is Senator Tuberville who is hindering our nation's defense, but that absolutely is not true. Uh, it is this administration that's been doing that, not just with its unlawful abortion policy, but in many other ways. You may recall that the Biden administration caused more than 8,000 dedicated soldiers to lose their jobs for review, uh, refusing the COVID jab. COVID-19 vaccine mandates had damaging effects, not just on the doctor-patient relationship, but on our economy, our military readiness, our trust in public health, judgmental behaviors, anxiety, distress amongst family members and others. Well, that was Congresswoman and doctor and veteran Marionette Miller-Meeks during a subcommittee hearing on the impact of the COVID-19 vaccine mandates. We'll be talking about that with First Liberty's senior litigation counsel, Daniel Smith, a little bit later in the program. And go woke, go broke. Well, Anheuser-Busch is learning that lesson following their disastrous endorsement of transgender personality Dylan Mulvaney. But working Americans now are also losing their jobs because of that corporation's foolishness. We'll be talking with someone who's trying to help those employees. And then later, FRC's own Travis Weber will join me to break down what has been yet another extremely busy week on Capitol Hill. So we've got a packed program lined up for you. Don't forget our uh, website is TonyPerkins.com. We have a ton of resources there available for you, as well as archives of programs. And of course, if you miss any portion of this program, you can likewise catch it there at TonyPerkins.com. All right, let's get underway. Despite many issues, that are facing the country. President Biden took the time last night for a primetime speech to attack Senator Tommy Tuberville for his stance on life. And friends, I'm just telling you, you can see and expect much more of this in the coming days. Senator Tuberville has taken a strong stance for life, and the left has singled him out to attack him, including the president. Well, joining me now to discuss this is Congressman Matt Rosendale. He serves on the House Committee on Veterans Affairs and the House Committee on Natural Resources, and he represents the 2nd Congressional District of Montana. Congressman Rosendale, always great to see you. Welcome to Washington Watch. Always good to be with you, Jerry. Thanks for having me on. Well, it's our honor. All right, so let's, uh, I, I just want to begin with your thoughts on the president singling out Coach Tuberville, Senator Tuberville, and just literally attacking him brutally. What's your take on that? Well, I, I think it's because Senator Tuberville is being righteous right now. He's on the right side of this argument, and the president is trying to use every tool that he has in order to force taxpayers to use their dollars to fund abortions through DOD. Uh, this is clearly uh, in violation of the statute, uh, this administration has gone and used rules to work around the statute. They did the same thing uh, through Veterans Affairs, and we're having the same struggle. The problem is that we don't have the ability to hold up 
the the nominations uh, from being confirmed like the Senate does. Uh, I've gone over actually on several occasions. Uh, you're aware there's about a dozen of us House members that have gone over to the Senate. We are allowed to go on to the Senate floor and stand with Senator Tuberville uh, as he's been pushing back against this taxpayer funding abortions through DOD. And the best way to do that is to uh, keep these these nominations from being confirmed, these advances from being confirmed. And, and so, uh, again, I, I would be more than glad to continue to stand with with the senator. Well, you bring up a couple of really uh, good points. So let's just start there with your stance, along with a dozen or so others from the House that have consistently gone over and shown your support uh, to Coach Tuberville. Uh, a couple of questions in that regard. First of all, why have you and others gone over to support him? And secondly, and related to that, why or is there support from other senators? Yeah, well, I can't explain why why the other senators don't join in with them. I, you know, we've got we've got several weak links in the Senate. Unfortunately, uh, not only are we in the minority there, the Republicans with only forty nine, but you know that there's at least a half a dozen that are very unreliable on, on these types of issues uh, when we're trying to get them through. But what happens is Senator Tuberville, when, when he wants to go down on the floor and, and uh, raise those objections, he knows that he has about a dozen of the House members that will very readily come over there and go to his aid to make sure that we use everything. Look, the president is trying to, to, to uh, continue to get additional pressure put on Senator Tuberville, and we are going to continue to let him know that there's a lot of Americans out there. There's a lot of members in the House of Representatives that support him in this effort. And so we're going to use every tool that's available to us as well to make sure that the Biden administration uh, does not. They, they reversed this decision of using taxpayers' dollars to fund abortions through the Department of Defense. Well, that's the issue. I mean, all of this could be resolved with a stroke of the pen. This is an illegal act for the yeah. administration to be pushing this, and Tuberville not only is standing for life, but he's standing for the rule of law. Exactly. Exactly. We had, the, again, the same type of thing taking place in the House, they say we can use the purse strings, and that's what we uh, did with the National Defense Authorization Act. We amended the National Defense Authorization Act to remove any funding taxpayer dollars to be used for abortions. We had another amendment we placed on to make sure that no taxpayer's dollars were to be used for transgender surgeries or for their uh, treatment. Um, and, and that was my own amendment. The, the, the United States military unfortunately, over the last decade, has been used as the largest social experiment in this nation, and it's undermining its uh, readiness uh, and anything that is being used that is not focused on making them the most effective fighting force on Earth is, is merely a distraction. And, and, and it's uh, the uh, wrongful use of taxpayer dollars. And, and so that's the kinds of things that, that we're working on right now. It's not just the, the budget, okay, with the appropriation bills, as, as you, you know, we're going through that process now. It's also the policies. It's where those dollars are being used. Absolutely. Well, you know, it just it doesn't take much to observe and to understand that the abortion issue really has become a sacred cow to the left. In fact, Vice President Kamala Harris participated in an abortion rights event in Iowa. And I'd like to throw this clip up and get your reaction to this. Uh, hit clip 11, please. The theme on all of this is about, again, a very essential point, the freedom <clears throat> to just be oneself, let people be. At the heart of it, isn't that the point also? You're not harming anyone else, let people be. I have so much to say, but I'll toss it to you. Let you respond to that. I have so much to say, just in that short clip that you just played, Jody, have a heart. Please, let's be compassionate, have a heart, and think about that, that child, okay? Science shows us now that once conception takes place, you have a separate DNA living organism there, okay? Let's do have a heart. Let's be compassionate. 
uh, let's let everybody be. How about we don't use taxpayers' dollars to actually end the life of, of another child? Um, the, the, she is so wrong on so many counts in that just short clip. It, it's amazing to me. And there are people really want to fight continuously until uh, we can make sure that taxpayers' dollars are not used to fund abortions. Good for you. Well, let's let's move on. I got a dozen, uh, a dozen things I want to hit with you. There's been so many, uh, so much activity on Capitol Hill this week. But shifting gears uh, to the, the Bidenomics, uh, President Biden has been delivering remarks even today, touting Bidenomics. Here's another clip I wanted to play. Clip nine, please. My dad used to say, at the end of the month, the question is, you just have a little after you pay all your bills, you have just a little breathing room. A little breathing room, a little left over. Folks, that's Bidenomics. <laughs> no. yeah, I'll just tell you a what little, Bidenomics Just a little left over. Yeah, yeah. Bidenomics. I'll tell you what Bidenomics is, uh, Jody. Bidenomics is when you get to the end of the month and you're actually hitting your credit card because you don't have enough money to make ends meet. The energy costs have gone up dramatically because of the intentional actions of uh, this administration to reduce our domestic energy production, all on the fantasy of the Green New Deal. That hits the people at the lower end and middle end of the income uh, range the hardest. Whether you're talking about trying to keep your home heated, whether you're talking about trying to keep your home cooled in the summertime, uh, the inflation numbers, we've seen them. They have they've inched down a bit, but my gosh, the additional money that the Biden administration pumped out into the economy through the federal government, drove the inflation rates up to 8 9% that our groceries and our, our regular supplies that we were trying to buy on a daily basis were getting out of reach for people to the extent that they were starting to have to question whether they were going to buy groceries or whether they were going to buy their pharmaceutical drugs. There's the, every single item that, that they have talked about has, has been damaging to our economy. It certainly has hurt our middle class, uh, the middle income earners. And, and this energy, when they talk about manufacturing, that's one of the first things that manufacturers look at is what is the cost of energy. And when they continue to force the cost of the energy up and it's unreliable, they're, they're damaging the, uh, the grid across this nation. They're also driving down manufacturing, which again, hurts our, our domestic jobs. Well, absolutely, and even the the, the jobs that are so called being created, seventy two percent of them were lost because of the government's mandatory shutdown. They seventy two percent of the ones that are coming back are the ones that were lost to start with. So, uh, anyways, I, uh, one more real clip. We'll, we'll we'll be real real fast on this inflation. Let's hit clip number eight, please. Earlier this week, the Washington Post suggested Republicans may have to find something else to criticize me for. Now that inflation is coming down. Maybe they'll decide to impeach me because it's coming down. I don't know. I love that one. Oh, anyway, it's another story. Yeah. All right, we've got 15 seconds and we're going to have to wrap up. Your thoughts on this inflation argument? The inflation is coming down because he has damaged the economy so bad. The impeachment discussions probably will take place. And he as he said, that's another story. It sure is. We can, we've seen revenue flowing in from China and from the Ukraine to the Biden crime family at such levels that we have never witnessed in this country. So gonna yeah, have to that leave door it there. probably is going to open too. Congressman Matt Rosendale, thank you for joining us on Washington Watch. Friends, stay tuned. Much more right after the break. Today, more than ever, men need a reminder of what biblical manhood looks like and to understand God's good design for them, to serve as provider, instructor, battle buddy, defender, and chaplain. They need a battle plan to truly live out their role. Family Research Council's Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin and Dr. Keenan Kirtan's book, Strong and Courageous, a sequel to Man to Man, offers this battle plan so that men can pursue their God-given responsibility in a culture quickly turning away from God's design. The authors unpack the Old Testament book of Joshua as the focus of their study, asking readers to look to his leadership to help consider and apply the key principles of biblical manhood. It's time for men to accept their role in the family and community and truly embrace their 
their God-given purpose. To order your copy of Strong and Courageous, A Call to Biblical Manhood, go to frc.org slash strongandcourageous. Again, that's frc.org slash strongandcourageous. Christians must be sure to faithfully think about the issues that have taken our culture and many of our churches by storm from a biblical perspective. Family Research Council's David Clausen, along with co-authors Denny Burke and Colin Smothers, released a new book, Male and Female, He Created Them, a study on gender, sexuality, and marriage to help Christians better grasp the Bible's teaching about these issues. This study presents a biblical view of homosexuality, transgenderism, and marriage. With this new resource, readers will be given guidance on specific questions related to preferred pronouns, identity, intersex conditions, and other matters that our churches must be disciples their members to respond to with love and biblical conviction. As part of the study, readers have access to supplemental videos by Dr. Albert Moeller, Dr. Heath Lambert, Reverend H.B. Charles, Dr. Christopher Yuan, Dr. Rosaria Butterfield, and others that expand and elaborate the themes of each chapter. To purchase a copy, go to hecreatedthem.org. Today we find that global persecutions of Christians is growing more menacing every year. Family Research Council's Leela Gilbert, Ariel Del Turco, and Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin's book, Heroic Faith, shares personal stories from those who have endured religious persecution and gives a close look at the dire situations Christians often face due to dangerous and sometimes deadly opposition to their faith. The book's true stories of persistence and faithfulness amidst crisis offer inspiration and hope. Heroic Faith also provides insights into the ideologies driving the hostility and persecution, what steps the U.S. government might take to help, and how readers can best respond to the struggles of the faithful. It is critical for us to learn from our brothers and sisters who are suffering deeply and to do whatever we can to help. You can get your copy of Heroic Faith wherever books are sold or by going to frc.org slash heroicfaith. Again, that's frc.org slash heroicfaith. Thank you so much for joining us this evening on Washington Watch. I'm your host, Jody Heiss, an honor to be with you this evening. All right, we touched on this in the first segment, but President Biden and the left continue their attacks on Senator Tommy Tuberville for his stance on life. And conveniently, they ignore the impact that the COVID jab had on our nation's military. We lost more than 8,000 trained and dedicated troops who refused to take the shot But now Coach Tuberville's stands for life somehow is a crisis with in the ballpark of about 300 uh, positions uh, at stake compared to well over 8,000. Well, joining me now to discuss this and more is Daniel Smith. He's the senior litigation counsel at Liberty Council, which continues to work for religious freedoms of our troops. Daniel, welcome to Washington Watch. It's an honor to have you. Thank you, Jody. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, let's dive into this. And uh, first of all, before we jump in, let me just say to you very sincerely, thank you for the incredible work that you and Liberty Council do for our military families. We uh, all across the nation are, are grateful for that. But yesterday in this House subcommittee hearing on the impact of the COVID-19 vaccine mandates, Uh, It it was quite an interesting thing. I want to start with this claim that came out from Democratic Congresswoman uh, Jill uh, Takuda. Listen to this clip, please. My Republican colleagues have suggested that vaccine requirements undermined military preparedness, but in fact, the opposite is true. Increasing vaccination rates in the military, including through vaccination requirements, helped to ensure that our service members were better protected against the spread and harm of COVID-19. All right, there's the talking points. Let me get your reaction to it. Well, first off, and you said this at the very beginning, how does losing 8,400 roughly members, well-trained that we have invested, that signed up to dedicate their life to the freedom of Americans, how does losing them help military readiness to shove many of the best of what we had out the door because of their sincere religious convictions. No one would argue, I would suggest, in their right mind, that kicking out 8,400 well-trained people helped military readiness. Let's start there. Two, when you start to look at the impact of what the vaccine did to these individuals who accepted it, it had a gross 
diminution on military readiness, if you will. There's evidence, ample evidence in the record, and the DOD knew this, that it, the COVID shots themselves caused myocarditis, pericarditis, caused all manner of problems for military members who accepted them. We represented a Green Beret flight surgeon, Dr. P. Chambers. He had served this country honorably for 38 years. He's one of six Green Beret flight surgeons in the world. And he had to retire early and somewhat postpone actually getting out because the COVID jab, the Moderna one, had a caused demyelination of his cardiovascular system. This is a man 38 years. And the stories go on and on and on and on with young men who are otherwise healthy, who develop myocarditis, pericarditis, all other manner of diseases that precluded them from training, that precluded them from being deployable, that precluded them from doing what they signed up to do and what they're heroes for doing because the government forced them against their religious beliefs in many cases to accept a vaccine that didn't prevent transmission that we now know and certainly didn't help military readiness. Absolutely. And, you know, I think one of the key words you, you mentioned there was anyone in their right mind. I mean, this is all just political talking points. It has nothing to do with science, has nothing to do with military readiness. This is all political left-wing talking points that's being crammed down the throats of our servicemen and women, as well as the people of the United States. So we, we have a Senate, Senate Democrats. This is just another layer to all of this. They continue to shoot down efforts uh, just yesterday, I think, an effort to reinstate uh, service members who rejected the shot. Now the, the COVID is over. All right, let's we can have these people back. But they don't want these people back. I, I mean, there again, there is a harm to military readiness. What do you make of that type of, uh, frankly, his uh, hypocrisy in the midst of all the recruiting crisis that the military is facing? Well, it, it certainly is hypocrisy and it's foolishness, to be honest. The the notion that you would remove 8,400 healthy young men who dedicated their lives to protecting the freedom of this country, that you shoved out the door because they wouldn't accept an experimental vaccination. And then when it's over with and the evidence is in and we know it didn't prevent transmission, we know it didn't prevent infection, we know it didn't work. And in large degree, it was harmful far more than it was helpful. And these individuals, who many of them are willing to come back in and say, I would love my position back. I signed up to fight. I want to keep fighting. To say, no, we won't have you back, says a lot about our current political class and the nonsense that exists in Washington at the moment. The, the recruiting crisis, as you say, is of epic proportions right now. We have a problem. And I think we have a problem. Many, many young people look at it and say, well, look what they did to the people who are just like me. They threw them out in the cold because they wanted to exercise their religious beliefs. And now you want me to sign up to join up for that. I, not letting them, the, current, the former ones back in is hurting the recruiting crisis by not adding those numbers back. But it's also hurting the recruiting crisis because it's not encouraging others to sign up. Um, well, this absolutely. entire experiment that they engaged in with COVID, and we know it from the, the cases that have come out about silencing conservative viewpoints and silencing the evidence and all the manner of things that came yeah, out. All these things are being, they're, they're just being stacked on one another. Now they're actually a, a, an additional kick in the face, if you will. They're making these servicemen and women who were forced out because the refusal to take the vaccine. Now they're having to pay back their signing bonus for getting in. I mean, that type of stuff has massive impacts, does it not, on the recruiting ability? It does, and it's worse than that. In some instances, they're being asked to pay back uh, recruiting and signing bonuses. In other avenues that we've heard with people we represent, they've sought the, to have them repay the training, the cost of the training that they went through. And here you have these young men and women who are eager and willing to join back up in the forces. They can't come back in. They won't let them, only because they exercise their sincere religious beliefs. And now they seek to actively punish them for doing so. It's it's doing little more than pouring salt in their constitutional injury. And, and we have to come to a point where we say enough is enough. Absolutely. Daniel Smith with uh, Liberty Council, thank you so much for joining us this evening on Washington Watch. And thank you for the incredible work you do for our military personnel. Thank you, Jody. Pleasure to be here. Well, thank you so much.
All right, friends, I tell you, the attack is all on, and yet the pressure they're trying to do and distract is to say it's all Senator Tuberville's fault for standing for the rule of law and standing for life. But they are the problem with our military. Stay tuned. Much more coming your way right after this. Men are constantly told that there is no place for their thoughts and concerns about abortion. However, this attitude ignores the fact that both women and men are deeply and personally affected by abortion. Furthermore, one does not have to be a woman to know that abortion ends the life of an innocent, unborn child. Every man has a role to play in protecting unborn lives and supporting the mothers in their families and greater community, which is why FRC's Center for Human Dignity has released a resource titled A Man's Guide to Standing for Life. This resource was created to help men positively address the topic of life. This guide will equip men with phrases to utilize or avoid, as well as practical tips for helping to protect life and the expectant mother or unborn child he knows. Every man has the opportunity to be an unborn baby's hero by stepping in to support a mother and speaking up for her child's life. Get this free guide at frc.org slash men to learn more about the important role men play in protecting unborn lives. Have you seen the Now We Live series? It is a six-week worldview Bible study created in partnership with Family Research Council and Summit Ministries. This video series was put together to help Christians propel faith into action. It offers six free videos to prompt rich discussions about some of life's most foundational questions among churches, small groups, and families. Each video is led by well-known Christian voices and addresses questions regarding worldview, Jesus, truth, identity, and society. It's so important for Christians to both know the truth and to live in a way that is compatible with the truth. Being grounded in what is true and living out God's grace allows a believer's faith to truly transform one's own life and ultimately help transform a broken world. Equip yourself and other Christians to learn more about what it means to truly hold a biblical worldview. Access this important series by going to frc.org worldview. Again, go to frc.org worldview. Thank you so much for joining us this evening on Washington Watch. I'm your host and honored to be with you, Jody Heiss. Before I go uh, to our next topic and and bring on our next guest, I've got some good news out that I'd like to report to you. Earlier this week, a delegation of individuals from Family Research Council attempted to deliver, deliver a uh, petition that was signed by some 23,000 of you. Uh, we delivered it to the Target uh, office right here in Washington. And the, uh, the petition basically said to Target, stop targeting our children with indoctrination into the LGBTQ agenda. Well, there was, uh, first, initially, they rebuffed and were not allowed to even deliver the petition. But fortunately, on a second attempt the next day, uh, we were successfully able to deliver those petitions. So a representative from Target finally gave in and accepted the petitions on Wednesday. So I just want to say thank you. Uh, for those of you who signed the petitions, your voices have been heard, and no doubt it makes a difference. And speaking of corporate wokeism, years from now, I believe, business schools will be studying how Anheuser-Busch and its Bud Light brand somehow managed to shoot itself in the foot by embracing the transgender agenda but the decisions made at the highest level have a real impact on the daily lives of hardworking employees. So we have that giant beer corporation making decisions at the corporate level that not only cratered their own sales, but now they are turning around and firing everyday workers for corporate mistakes. Well, joining me now to discuss this is Michael Seifert, He's the CEO of Public Square, a nationwide curated network of local and national freedom-loving businesses. Uh, and, Michael, thank you so much for joining us this evening on Washington Watch. It's an honor to have you. It's great to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Well, listen, uh, Bud Light, uh, we've, everybody's known of Bud Light for years and years and years. The vice president there makes a decision and thousands of employees at the local level suffer. Tell us about what's going on there. 
Well, unfortunately, they are facing the harsh and very real consequences of taking a bad bet on ESG and DEI wokeism. And we throw around this phrase, go woke, go broke. It is real. There are actual consequences to your bottom line, to your employees, to your distributors, to lots of people caught in the middle when your company decides to act more like a progressive political association and organization rather than a business that is focused on simply providing quality to your customers and shareholders. So Bud Light decided to, obviously, a few months ago, uh, initiate a campaign where they put that transgender person, Dylan Mulvaney, who's a young man, uh, dressed as a young woman, on their beer can. And in the process, their consumer base felt like, guys, what the heck happened? Since when have you become this organization that's going to lecture us about gender ideology? I just want to drink your beer. You used to be kind of the funny company that had the ads with the Clydesdales, and you've completely changed. And then when the VP of marketing came out and actually said that their brand was fratty and outdated, and it was her mandate to change the brand, uh, consumers said enough is enough. They initiated the Bud Light boycott. And Bud Light now has dropped uh, over $20 billion in their value. Uh, their sales have plummeted 25% from last year. And they yesterday had to announce that they laid off over 350 workers. By the way, the CEO is still highly paid in a very cushy job, has not apologized, and faces no consequences for his actions. So pretty go disappointing over at Anheuser-Busch. Yeah, go figure uh, that the uh, top echelon somehow does not take responsibility for their own actions. All right, so we have men and women that have been fired because of corporate decisions to embrace this woke LGBT agenda. But here you come along, and this is what is so amazing. You are working to help them. You're trying to uh, to provide an avenue for these individuals. So share some of the things that you're doing, how you got in, how, how this idea even came about. Well, after the news broke about the over 350 employees that were let go from Bud Light, which, by the way, I think that that's just the beginning from what I hear, uh, we felt really inspired to try to help those that had been stuck in all of this crossfire that got to uh, make zero decisions as it related to the company's marketing that would have helped them pursue more common sense instead of the route that they went. And uh, they were, unfortunately, the ones that um, were facing the brunt of that poor marketing decision and now are out of work. We wanted to help them. So what we decided to do is we wrote an open letter. Myself uh, authored it along with the uh, assistance of a great friend of mine who's running a great business called Red Balloon, which is essentially a non-woke jobs marketplace while we are a non-woke commerce marketplace. Uh, and we teamed together to say that for any of those employees that were let go as a result of this bad decision, send us your resumes to jobs at publicsq.com, and we would love to distribute those resumes to our network of well over 55,000 small businesses that love the country, the Constitution, and the values that it protects. And let's see if we can get you hired. That ad, And these are uh, non-woke companies, correct? They are. That's exactly right. These are non-woke companies. They believe in the tenets of liberty. They believe in more traditional values, uh, a love for life family, and freedom. In fact, on Public Square, if you go to publicsq.com, you'll see our five core values. Any of the over 55,000 businesses that have signed up with us have agreed to respect those values. They've been vetted in alignment with those values. So we got a bunch of resumes yesterday because that open letter has now already in 24 hours been viewed over two and a half million times on Twitter. Uh, we've received quite a few resumes from terminated former employees at Bud Light. And I actually got on the phone with one of them yesterday and I asked about her experience, and she said, I just feel heartbroken that the brand that I've dedicated years of my life to would decide to forego their responsibility of providing a quality product and would instead embrace these policies that hurt us the most. And uh, we're excited Thank to be you. getting to work to get our job. we got to leave it there. Thank you, Michael Seifer from Public Square. Grateful for your work. All right, friends, stay tuned. We've got more to cover. We'll be with you right after the break. Are you prepared to pray, vote, and stand for biblical truth? It is imperative that Christians pray for their community and culture to steward their role as a citizen by voting and to stand for biblical truth. This means that Christians must be intentional about seeking after the Lord in all things. You can join Family Research Council and FRC Action President Tony Perkins in this mission as he hosts the Pray, Vote, Stand broadcast to inspire brothers and sisters in Christ to turn their attention to the Lord first and in every compartment of their lives. 
Tony is joined by experts, elected leaders, and Christian leaders for this weekly half-hour program to help you see through the fog created by the biased mainstream media. Watch the Pray, Vote, Stand weekly broadcasts and commit to pray for our nation, to stand for truth, and to seek the Lord first. Just go to prayvotestand.org. Again, that's prayvotestand.org. Tech censorship is on the rise. Big tech companies are attempting to cancel conservatives and Christians, which is why here at Family Research Council, we've decided to be proactive so that big tech cannot silence us completely. FRC has a text subscription platform to be sure we can continue to keep you in the loop. That way, you can still find updates on faith, family, and freedom. You can get FRC's content straight to your phone. Just sign up for our text alerts by texting STAND to 67742. Again, you simply text STAND to 67742 and FRC will send you special alerts on the issues that matter to you. By subscribing, you'll also be one of the first to know about our upcoming events and programs. All of this info is yours with just a simple text. You'll have access to content that will help you continue to stand for faith, family, and freedom. And you'll know about opportunities to connect with like-minded community. Just text STAND to 67742 and be the most informed person you know. Finding a quality news source today in this media-saturated world can be incredibly difficult. It is important to stay informed on what is going on in the world, but you need a news source you can trust. That is why Family Research Council created The Washington Stand, an online news platform with a mission to provide readers with free, factual news stories and commentaries all from a biblical worldview. Based in Washington, D.C., our reporters provide reliable information on the most crucial issues of the day ranging from breaking news on the hottest Supreme Court decisions to details on the latest public education stories, updates to domestic and international religious liberty cases, and more. We want you and your family to stay informed on what is happening in the world that affects faith, family, and freedom. Be encouraged, be in the know, and stand firm in truth by visiting WashingtonStand.com today. That's WashingtonStand.com. Welcome back to Washington Watch. Glad to have you joining us this evening. All right, we are counting down to the last seven weeks until our uh, Pre-Vote Stand Summit, which is going to be held in Washington, D.C. on September 15th through 17th. Pre-Vote Stand. You want to be a part of that. And again, seven weeks remaining. Now, that's going to be important for you to remember because one of our partners is Seven Weeks Coffee. The Seven Seven Weeks Coffee is a company committed to donating 10% of every sale to pregnancy resource centers nationwide. At seven weeks of development, a baby is the size of a coffee bean, and for the first time, a heartbeat is clearly detectable. Thus, Seven Weeks Coffee. Their mission is to promote godly values, provide excellent coffee, and protect every beating heart. So here's the deal. For the next, uh, really for the first 100 people to register for the summit at prayvotestand.org using the code seven weeks, we're going to send you a free bag of seven weeks coffee. Going to ship it to you. So go to prayvotestand.org and use the promotional code seven weeks to both help seven weeks coffee to recognize them and to get your own bag of that great company's coffee. All right, yesterday, a subcommittee of the House Judiciary Committee held a hearing on the harm that's caused by supposed gender-affirming care on children. Family Research Council's Dr. Jennifer Bowens testified in that congressional committee, along with others, exposing the tragedy of these procedures. There were powerful uh, testimonies, one from a, a detransitioner, Chloe Cole, and there were others, like I mentioned, Dr. Bowens, they, they all struck a nerve, and it's literally been a whirlwind ever since. In fact, Dr. Bowens is still on call on a media blitz. Literally, she is being everywhere. Uh, well, joining me now to discuss this and more is Travis Weber. He's a vice president for policy and public affairs here at FRC. Travis, welcome back to the program. Good to have you. Thank you, Jody. All right. Well, first of all, you were at the hearing yesterday. Uh, 
haven't been able to talk to you since then, but I would love to hear just the overall impression that hearing had on you. Yeah, no, it was a very powerful hearing, you know, and I've been to these types of hearings before on this issue in Congress and, and seen them elsewhere, and it always seems like the the, um, uh, you know, the folks who are trying to bring light to what's happening uh, with the LGBT ideology and gender ideology, it, it often seems like they're on their, their heels, you know, and on the kind of on defense, you know, and, and, and uh, never quite able to, you know, really, I think, land uh, the truth, it helped the truth land in people's hearts and minds. I think yesterday was totally different. Uh, and in from my perspective, being at this hearing, uh, the truth was really landing. It was landing in that room, um, I think, on the hearts and minds of, of the members, Democrats and Republicans alike, of the other witnesses, of the audience, and of everyone watching. So from that perspective, I really consider it a massive success. You know, I think the um, many different aspects of what we and others are trying to bring out about uh, these gender transition procedures and, and the ideology that's driving them, many different aspects of that were were revealed yesterday, and the lid was pulled off, um, pulled off those containers, you know, and the truth was released. I think into that hearing room, and uh, with the Lord's help, may it may it extend throughout the, this city and around the country. But it really was a, a success. Wow, that is, I can't tell you. Travis, how encouraging that is to hear. I've got a number of clips that I want to play back. I'm sure you will remember these clips as soon as you see them and hear them. But obviously, the vast majority of our viewers and listeners were not able to be a part of that. I want, I want, I want to do the best I can to try to let them enter in to some of the highlights of that. So let's begin with clip number 12, the Scanline clip, uh, clip please. It's a cynical and frankly dangerous political attack on transgender children and their families, driven not by science or facts, but by polling and political strategists determined to mobilize conservative voters through fear. So let's start by setting the record straight. Gender affirming care is safe and effective. Uh, that's stunning. I mean, you had to be sitting there squirming in your seat when, when she made those comments. Yeah. Yeah, Jody, there's really three areas that stand out to me where she's just wrong um, you know, in, in her comments. One, um, it is not safe and effective, the care. We don't know. We don't know whether it's safe and effective because, as, as Jennifer Ballins has pointed out in her testimony and elsewhere, the scientific literature does not has, does not been um, does not show a pattern of of studies over years that, sh that reveal, that show evidence that it is safe and effective. We just don't know. So the people making that claim don't have a basis to make it. Second, um, when she talked uh, in her comments, you know, she talked about, um, you know, how this is driven by fear and is, is hysteria. Well, it's actually quite the opposite. The ones who are, or are being forced to into fearful situations are those like witness Paula Scanlon yesterday, who's a member of the University of Pennsylvania swim team, who was forced to undress in the presence of a biological man in the locker room, along with many other women who were bullied by their institution and other cultural elites who want to force them to accept this. So, you know, there there is there's a whole host of problems. And and finally, you know, the the as I said earlier, as she opened her remarks in that clip, um, their their claim is not based on 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 the science on truth. They don't have they can't show us the science to back it up. And the studies that they point to are based on consensus, basically a vote of those in control of those institutions, not based on the evidence. So we just don't know. And really, what we saw yesterday is is the lid being pulled off off of this the the lie that has been keeping a lid on the truth on this issue was really pulled off. And testimonies and evidence was allowed to breathe at that hearing. And I believe, Jody, we're going to see a powerful effect go forward from that hearing. Well, I believe it, too. Let me pull up another clip for you, the, uh, the clip number 13, Hagman. There are only two sexes, boys are girls, or boys are boys, and girls are girls, and one cannot become the other. In fact, and especially when it comes to children, it seems to me that gender-affirming care is better described as sexual lobotomy. 
Wow. What, what, a, what a word picture there. Yeah. How, what, were, what was going through your mind when she said that? Yeah, no, she, she really zeroed in on the, um, the, you know, some of the key areas of the, of the whole hearing, you know, and, and to her, to her point, a representative's point, Chloe Cole was there to testify yesterday of, of, as a, um, as a young teenager being forced to, into a situation where, uh, she was ushered into, into this road of, of transition of, of, um, of trying to, trying to live like a man, you know, at the behest of those professionals in society who should have been looking out for her, who bullied her parents and, and told her parents, uh, "Do you want a do you want a, a live son or a dead daughter? Like if your if your child doesn't transition, they're going to kill themselves." So, Jody, this is wrong on so many levels. And not only you know is it is it blackmail, it's psychological blackmail, um, uh, to make this claim. It's bad practice, as Jennifer Bowens points out, to use this suicide bullying tactic and pressure tactic. Finally, it's not even based up uh, based on science. It's not based on evidence, and it goes against the practices of of those in that field. And so, you know, there are so many problems with with that. Um, and that's what those pushing gender ideology on people like Chloe Cole often want to push. And um, you know, it, I'll just I know because earlier you remarked you wanted to help people get a glimpse into the hearing. Um, this was only one aspect of how powerful the hearing was. And folks can watch this hearing. The, the full testimony is available publicly now on the committee website. It's been posted and shared. The House Judiciary Committee Subcommittee on Constitution and Limited Government hearing on gender-affirming care um, that took place yesterday. But testimonies like Chloe's were one aspect of, of youth being forced into this road more and more of whom are regretting it and are now coming out and say, this is how I was harmed. And people who should have been looking out for me were not and betrayed their position of responsibility. Similarly, I mentioned Paula Scanlon being forced to undress in a college locker room for women in the presence of biological men. And then our own Jennifer Bowens pointing out how uh, this whole field is, has no legitimate scientific basis and evidence to back up the claims that are being advanced in the name of gender ideology, it's politicized. And even the institutions of our culture, professional medical associations, are making this claim just based on the, the, their opinions and views of those in charge of them, not based on the, the members. And even one of those, 80% of the members of that association wanted to vote on whether we should proceed. Countries in Europe have backed away from this. And the, instant, the professional association said, we're not, we're not going to open this up. It's done deal. We're pushing this ideology in so many words. So, Jody, I just want to give the viewers a sense of the different important aspects of this that was covered. The legalities were also covered with another witness. So it was a powerful hearing. And I think members really saw that, that um, there was a lot to take note of here. Well, I agree, and I do, in fact, have a couple of clips here from Chloe that were just emotional in what you said about how they said to her parents, do you want a, a dead daughter or a, a live son? I mean, that is emotional blackmail, as you referenced. Before we get to those, though, let me play this clip, uh, number six, please, a Cohen clip. I read Ms. Scanlon's testimony. I wasn't here to hear it, and I think Penn didn't deal with your situation like they could have and should have in putting up some type of different barriers in, in, the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the women's area of, of the locker room, but that's an either, another issue. Uh, things should be dealt with in a different way. It sure should. Uh, what was, I mean, he seemed to be struggling to come up with words because he knew what's happening is wrong. No, absolutely. You know, and that was in response to Paula Scanlon, this, the witness, um, who was a is a woman? She's she's a, a member of the University of Pennsylvania women's swim team, and she and and many of her teammates were forced to undress in the presence of a six foot four biological man with male genitalia in the women's swim team locker room. The, the man Leah Thomas, and and so Paula Scanlon was just describing this experience and said, you know, you guys want to you want to protect and deal with violence and abuse of women, well, well, look at my situation. And Paula Scanlon testified at that hearing yesterday. She herself had been assaulted in her past. So for someone like her and others like her, you're compounding their, their tra their, 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 the, 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 this, this trauma, and you're compounding the effect, the, the, the coercive 
damage that's done to them by forcing them to undress in the presence of this biological man who's clearly bigger than them. So she had just gone through presenting that. And so Cohen, obviously, it's just too much of a truth bomb for him to avoid. I think he recognized the reality of this and was basically admitting her point. She was right. He was admitting that she had a point. And that's incredibly powerful because we've seen the proponents of gender ideology just denying this and ignoring it. Well, he's admitting. God bless him for admitting that. May he see the full truth here. Well, let's get to another one. This is uh, where the rubber kind of hits the road with Chloe Cole's testimony, uh, part of her testimony, clip number five. I think every parent deserves the most, the utmost grace and guidance with how to help their child. That being said, I don't wish for a child to have the same result as I did. I don't wish for anybody to regret transition or to detransition because it's incredibly difficult. It comes with its own difficulties, and it's not easy. And I hope that her child gets to have a happy and fulfilling adulthood, however that may look like. Well, I mean, that's emotional. She said so many powerful, powerful things. But at that point, I imagine there were tears all over that hearing room. Jody, it was incredibly powerful. You know, she celebrated her birthday at that yesterday on the hearing day, right? And she's coming years later after being a young teenager, being forced down this path, now coming coming out of it. And she wanted to address one of the witnesses on the other side, the mother of this this child who the, the, this mother uh, was, was leading down this road to transition and basically telling that witness, Chloe was telling that, trying to tell that witness, don't do it. Look at me. I'm pleading with you. I, I have walked through hell. Don't don't walk your child down this road to hell yourself. And 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 she testified and, and kind of tried to speak to that witness through through the committee members. She couldn't address her directly, but through through the their members who were uh, were asking questions. That's a powerful and true. You know, I mean, that's she's testifying to the road that she walked down, and um, and she tried to even help one of the other witnesses see, don't walk down this road. And I think that was so clear throughout the hearing, Jody, this point of this is about truth and goodness and what is brings blessing to people, crosses all political divisions. The Democrats, unfortunately, were digging in their heels, the members at that hearing. But I think their arguments were falling flat. I think they were shallow, you know, and I think the truth was revealed at that hearing. And so we want everyone to recognize this, what, what you know, the truth of this matter, which will bring hope, healing, and blessing to their lives. Um, and we're trying to avoid the damage uh, that Chloe is testifying to that many have had to walk down. We don't want more to walk down it. We don't want to say you're going to Yeah, yeah we've we got about we want, 30 we want to seconds avoid left here. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, yeah. so this has struck an enormous chord. Uh, there's no question. But let's land in our last 30 seconds. Uh, how can Christians support these efforts? Yeah, so... Um, you can let your members of Congress and other elected officials know that you support uh, them talking about and, and bringing truth and awareness to this issue. It's just something we need to continue to engage uh, our elected officials on, learn more about it yourself to help people walk through these troubling situations and just look to FRC for more information in, in all those areas. Travis Weber, thank you so much for being at that hearing, and thank you for coming on the program this morning to bring us up to speed. God bless you. Thank you. Thanks. All right, friends, that wraps up this edition and this week of Washington Watch. Hope you have a fantastic weekend. We'll see you next week. Washington Watch with Tony Perkins is brought to you by Family Research Council and is entirely listener-supported. Portions of the show discussing candidates are brought to you by Family Research Council Action. For more information on anything you've heard today or to find out how you can partner with us in our ongoing efforts to promote faith, family, and freedom, visit TonyPerkins.com. Also, to leave a comment about Washington Watch, call our watch line at 1-866-372-7234. That's 1-866-372-7234. 